Hello, everybody. I'm Lynn. I'm Vicki. And we are... T-t-telling on ourselves. Telling. I almost started it, oh, and then, yeah. I, then I chickened well, out. You know, maybe we'll have to do that. Um, today is a special day. We're trying something new. We're, we're, we're recording two episodes back, back to, to back. Back to back. Because we have busy summer schedules. You know about our crazy busy thing. That's right. Um, and basically, I picked a topic and a definition... Um, and then Lynn has the second episode. This is my episode. Uh, Lynn has the second episode, and she did the same. Exactly. But we're, we get to start out with a couple... Well, okay, my first thought wrong mm-hmm. has also to do with a little funny story with my son. So, okay, I have a child who is not going to summer school, and he probably should be. And um, And I get so... All I want to do is parent him. And when they're 16, you don't parent them the same way you do when they're younger, in eighth grade, for example. It's a very hard thing to do as a parent. So he, um, I told him, me and his dad told him, recently we had this big talk. And I was like, he needs to get a job. And I was like talking to his dad. And of course, I was on speaker and I didn't know it. And, um, <laughs> um, and, and so, but anyways, we both, we both agree. We both agree that he, he needs a job and he's not just going to sit around and be all like crazy all summer. Because what he does is he stays up all night playing video games and then he sleeps all day, right? Yeah, and now he has this, these friends, these new friends, mm-hmm. and they come over to our houses. And it was funny because Mike's like, do they come over to your house and make a mess? I'm like, they don't even come over to my house. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, ha ha, um, you know, whatever. I don't know. I thought it was good. Well, then they ended up coming over to my house. <laughs> and of course, they left a mess. And I was annoyed too. But so anyways, I've been hounding him. And it's funny when you have kids that are a lot like your ex-partner because you feel yourself or hear yourself saying the exact same things that you said when you were frustrated with your ex. And OMG, I was so frustrated with him. And I'm like, Paxson, you have to do this. And and he's like, Mom, I'm not going to do it because you're telling me to do it. Did you just burp? Okay. <laughs> I'm drinking fizzy drinks. She's drinking fizzy drinks. and but, So you don't know about the league and burps, do you? Like Ken is beside himself. Everyone in my family, I mean, minus my mom and Grammy Pat, we all burp, like belch burp. I love a good burp. Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious. It's liberating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels good. It is. It's fun. So anyhow, uh, I'm pressuring him, all this stuff, and... And I'm, and he's like, I'm not going to do it because you told me to do it. I'm like, no, that's not how it goes. And I, I, I literally felt like we went into a time zone back to when he was 12, 13 years old. And I just wanted to, I, it's so frustrating. And you just don't know what to do. And so then I went to the room because I could tell I was getting outrageous. And I just like got my shit together. And then I came back out and I said to him, I'm like, Paxson, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to parent you, right? Like, this is really hard. I don't want you to not be with your friends, but you got to be responsible. And what's the line? And how? Wh- what are we going to do? And he's like, well, first of all, don't talk to me like that. I'm like, okay, Pax, 
let's get it straight here. I'm the mom, you know, and, and I said, you got to be respectful and I understand that you want to do this and you want to do that. And it was really funny because he goes, well, I shouldn't have to get a job because I work so hard all year. And I said, excuse me, because my child, and this is where the first thought wrong is. I'm like, you do not work hard all year. And then I thought about it. Because he actually does work hard, and it is hard for him. Legit, it is hard for him. When he does his work, he does well. But focusing on homework, I can't imagine because I'm not him, right? And he has ADD, and he has dyslexia, and do I think he is fooling me a lot? Yes. Do I think he could be more productive? Yes. But do I think it's hard for him? Yes. So it's not really fair for me to tell him how he feels. So I really had to, had to like back it up and just be with him and be supportive and let him have his thing, which is really hard. And we were, he did get a job interview. So we were early because I'm a crazy person when it comes to being early. Oh, I just called myself crazy. I said I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I'm a very early person most times, except when I got fired. Um, <laughs> but Which um, just goes to show. <laughs> yeah, right? So um, I, yeah, it does go to show. So we were there early and blah, blah, blah. And, and he didn't want to go in. He's like, Mom, it's way too early. And we were talking to Lynn. Yeah. And so we decided to get... Um, get a coffee. And he, he wasn't, he didn't want anything, but I wanted, I'm like, I'll get a coffee. I have to sit here and wait for you. And so I started singing cause you know how we sing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get a job. Okay. So, and I'm like, haven't you heard that song? And he's like, no. I said, Oh my God. Cause we were singing it together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then I played it for him. <laughs> Oh, MG. He was like, you are so weird, Mom. But I saw him. Because it's from the 50s or 60s, right? It's it like the big bopper or something. It is. Yeah. It's so fun. And so we like <laughs> listened to it and sang it. And I was like pointing at him and being all funny. And he was, he was, he, he actually smiled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if any of you are parents of teenagers, you know, when they make that like actual laughy smile that, you're kind of, you know, that something's Winning. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I think every thought as a parent is a first thought wrong. Mm. It's brutal. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you got no words. <laughs> I got no words. Um, I do love the interactions that I have with Vicky's kids, though, because they're fun and they're they're so different and I don't know. I just, I really enjoy being around both of them. There's been a few times when Vicky's been out of town and I kind of, I say in quotation marks, um, dog sat, Frodo, but really it's just to hang out with them. And we have had some of the best evenings just hanging out at the dinner table for 30 minutes. I love, I love her little family. Yeah. They're good kids. Mm-hmm. They are good kids. And they're also a pain in sure. my arse. Sure. Um, okay. So what this episode is about. Dun, dun, dun. It's a surprise for me too. Uh, what lights you up? Oh, letting your light shine. Let my light shine. And so I was like hemming and hawing about what a definition. I found a million quotes. They were all awesome. And then when I was just in the ladies' room back there, of course, you're not supposed to have your phone in the ladies' room. I just read, whatever. You should, you shouldn't. Um, Okay. La la la. Now we're going to have this song. Yep. Everybody better get a job. Okay. But then I just looked up light. Mm -hmm. I just looked up light. I went the simple route. And 
almost all of the definitions work. So the first definition is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Mm. Mm. Then an expression in someone's eyes indicating a particular emotion or mood. Provide with light or lighting, illuminate. The room was lighted by a number of small lamps. Why do I say a definition in this voice? But every time I say a definition, (laughs) it has to be in this voice. Make something start burning, ignite. Uh, Having a considerable or sufficient amount of natural light, not dark. And then of color, pale. Her eyes were light blue. So I think all of those definitions really kind of have a part in what I believe this topic was as, as it came to me. So, so my, um, my story with this is this, I don't know. Do you ever dull yourself, Lynn? Do you ever dull yourself so that like you don't shine too bright? Yeah. Yeah. So like you're really awesome and kicking ass in the kitchen, but sometimes you're like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, tell me a, a situation that you might have done that. This is what I my go to here lately uh, when I get compliments. I say, it takes a team. It's not just me because I'm trying to be humble, but it's just very uncomfortable. So I do that a lot, and not just that in social situations. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little extroverted, and I get a look from someone. They may not even be looking at me, but I felt like I got a look. I feel like I got to tone it down and not laugh as loud, not be as what whatever it is. That happens a lot. I know. And it's like, okay, so that happens to me a ton, and I can give you a million examples. But it's almost like, you know how sometimes you have to sit on your hands mm-hmm. if you don't want to, like talk with your hands too much because you do, or, you, you know, sometimes you literally bite your tongue because you don't want to say something you don't want to say. I feel like it's not even me trying to do that. It's like something outside of me pushing me down. Like someone with their hand on my head going, mm Yeah. Tone it down, honey yeah. bunny. Yeah. Which that is not at all, like that is so ingrained in our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And and breaking through that, I'm in the process. Like I am in root of breaking through that. And I think I've popped, you know, I've popped out a little bit, then I go back in. And then I pop out, then I go back in. So it's it's this thing that I I am really I'm realizing that it's not humble at all mm-hmm. to pretend like I'm humble. Yep. Like that somebody said something like that to me. I was having a call with someone. And I just was, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's not authentic. No, and that is, okay, so right now my mission, my mission in my life, in my home, in my business, in my friendships, in my podcast, in my whatever, every little, every little thing I do is to be authentic. Just let the Vicky that Lynn sees... Mm-hmm. Out so everybody can see her, right? Because that Vicky is easy, fun. Even when I'm neurotic, I'm oh, cool. I like myself, right? Like <laughs> you're fun. <laughs> so why, 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 why do I go to this buttoned up version that is so un 
attractive. And I don't mean attractive like looks. I just mean nobody's drawn to that, Vicky. No, there's a certain energy that makes everyone tense when you do that. Mm-hmm. And I've witnessed it, and she has gotten so much better. And it happened a lot in the beginning, probably a year, year and a half of the podcast. She would start on this great flow and have some really great thoughts happening, and then she would get in her own way and go, but I don't know what I'm saying, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> and I would literally be on the edge of my seat going, no, that was so good. Don't stop. And that was it. It was like shut down, shut off, yeah, I mean, it's, disconnected. Yep, total. It's like pull the plug out of the wall. It was done. It was done. Yeah, it's so odd. And that doesn't happen hardly ever now. Well, that's wonderful because I have been not working on it, but I've been very, <clears throat> I've been more aware of it happening and I've been in the situation where I feel like it. Mm -hmm. So you know how I told you where it feels like somebody else is doing it. I'm not even doing it. Where I feel it and then I release, shake it off, shake it off, go back in the corner, go back in the corner, go talk to Gus. Gus has got me. I can go back. I can go, you know, back to boxing. You know, boxing (laughs) this like silly little story in my head that I've told myself for so many years that I can't be too much. I can't be too dramatic. I can't be too excited. I can't be too silly. I can't, can't, can't. When those are just stories. Mm -hmm. And even the people that I thought were telling me I can't like me better when I'm the lighted up version of myself. Exactly. And as I was saying before, when I'm out in a situation and I feel like I got a look, even though I didn't. Now, where is that coming from? That subconscious, someone's telling me to tone it down. It's like so either... and You got to look because you used to get looks and you might still get looks. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I remember um, while you were talking, I just remembered this. This was many years ago and I had a friend that had hepatitis and she had the one that's really tough to treat. And she had gotten a blood transfusion like in the 80s and she was trying to get term life insurance and they did blood work and that's how she found out. And so she was going through this treatment, and it was tough. I mean, I think it was interferon that they used back then, so it's almost like doing chemo. I mean, it really wipes you out. And I was out to lunch with my sister in Kentucky, and this is when I still lived in Nashville. And she called me because she got her first test back that was clear of the virus, of the hepatitis. And I was on the phone, and I'm like, no more virus? And that's you know, and I was talking to my sister. It's like, stop being loud. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, they don't know what virus you're talking about. And I'm like nor do I care, but it reminded me, and I'm like, oh, somebody could think differently or wrong or bad of me because I'm talking to somebody that might have a virus. We don't even know what kind of virus. Well, and that, that was crazy? during the like AIDS epidemic, yep. I imagine. Yeah, it still was. Yeah. I mean, not that it's not a thing anymore, but it was people were ridiculously uh-huh. afraid of that. And Yeah. yeah. Uh- and my sister did that because that's what she'd learned from my mom. It's like, number one, don't tell anybody your business. Number two, you'd never be associated with someone that might, you know... It's so wild. So wild. It's so deep and just entrenched. It's those wagon wheel ruts. Right, because she probably didn't even realize Mm-mm. she was doing it either. It's like this, you know, uh, we w- and, and when with our siblings especially, mm-hmm. we used to watch out for each other, yep. right? Especially when you come from a little bit of chaos. Oh, Vicki, I don't even, because she's older and that was her thing. She would always tell me to simmer down so I wouldn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. She was always on the lookout for me. Yeah. <gasps> Because she didn't want you to get, yeah, she didn't want you to get the wrath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to do that. I mean, I was six and eight years older than my siblings, and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, be quiet. Or I would, I would take one for the team, and I would get all 
you know, I, and this was subconscious then too. Yeah. But I would get all crazy about something and dramatic or get in trouble or do something wrong so that it would deflect them yeah. and, and hit me. And that was subconscious. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Survival. Yeah. So getting back to the light that yeah. we have inside ourselves. So we go from survival throw mode to throw. <laughs> Wowzer. Ah. <laughs> Thrive mode. <laughs> Throwed. <laughs> Thrive. Well, and it's it's not even thriving that I'm going for anymore, <laughs> uh-huh. really, uh, because I think I am thriving. So now it's a, it's more nuanced than that. So okay, so let's bring this to recovery. Let's bring this to sobriety. So when you first get sober, you are literally surviving. You're you at least I was. I can talk about myself. I felt like I didn't know how I was going to get through an hour without having a drink or a puff puff, and I was <laughs> I was just a mess, and I I couldn't even think about doing a good job at anything or whatever. I just showed up and listened, and I was like, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit. I don't belong here. I don't belong here." And then you go through the steps. And today I was thinking about it during our meeting room. We were talking about peace and serenity and how like you get there and you have it and then sometimes you get away from it. And for me, what I saw when I was when we were in this discussion was, yeah, and the only way I got to peace and serenity was through working all of these steps and really getting through the wreckage of my past and acknowledging it and asking for help and making a habit of every day being on like in in the awareness of what what I'm doing mm-hmm. right and and then obviously making amends and then continuing to look at myself and make sure that I'm good and one of the things that makes me think of this is even in recovery even in the rooms we sometimes look at ourselves too hard right we sometimes overjudge ourselves or pretend like we're humble or really think we're being humble. But what's important for me these days is to make sure that when I do know something to be true or believe something about myself and believe that my intentions are honest, open, Mm -hmm. willing, my side of the street is clean, if you will, I don't have to look for something else wrong. Like every time something goes wrong, every time there's a miscommunication with my kids... It's not necessarily my fault every time, right? And and I think that I had this misconception of that's what a lot of the program was telling me, but I think being authentic about, well, that's not mine. I don't have to pick up that hot potato. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. Right. That's really interesting. So I've been um, kind of not, not even struggling. Learn, I'm, I've been learning how to communicate better with some people that work for me at work, and there are times I am a hundred thousand percent positive I conveyed the information in the way it needed to be conveyed, but it was not absorbed that way. So for me to learn a new language to talk to people, whether they're a peer or they work for me, in a way to not make them feel defensive, because if that happens, then nothing is going to happen after that. It's like the wall is up and you're done. you might as well walk away from the conversation. And it's been interesting for me to learn how to navigate that with just by choice of words. And my sister helped me with this. She said, instead of saying, you need to do this, say, 
we are still learning and including the we or the I and not saying you need ever. And I knew that already, but just using the word learning completely, it was a total paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big light bulb for me this week. And so by giving that person the opportunity for more time to learn, I'm allowing them to have their light. Yeah, you're not like blowing their pilot light out and saying, oh, I can turn it on better than you. Yeah. Because you can. That's why you're the boss. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that doesn't get me anywhere in the long run. Right, right. Yeah. We, 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 all in, we all need each other to, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that hive mind from the other day. Yes. You, we all need each other to thrive. So I might be better at one thing. You might be better at another thing. We are our, our gifts... And, and when we're in a teaching position, when we're in a mentoring position, or uh, um, we get a new worker or whatever, kids, you, when we empower them to make mistakes, that's the hardest part. Yeah, is watching them make a mistake, especially when you're in a stressful situation, like you can be <laughs> at work where it's time sensitive and you just have to do it. But I guess that would be interesting. So maybe you get to go back and say, "Hey." This, 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 and this, and it's probably it's probably hard. It is hard, and I have a couple of times I'm like, I just need to let this fall. Yeah, how important is this? Uh huh. And sometimes I, I I'm letting things fall because otherwise, if you nitpicked everything that went wrong, sure, it would be a shit show. Oh yeah, yeah, and and I'm gotten a lot better about that. There's always room for improvement because you know from our little small lens that we have. We've been given this responsibility. It's, you know, it's not just a job for me. It, it really is like my mission and my responsibility. And I take it very seriously. So I want to make sure everything is just the way it should be or as close to that. So to be able to hand something over and go, not only is it not going to be the way that I would do it, it may not even be right. <laughs> but I have to, I, that's part of it. I have to be able to do that. So do you feel like your light is shining when you do that? Yes, I do. Okay, so tell me about that. So when that happens, um, I am able to... I remember a boss telling me this a long time ago. um, You should, from the day you start your job, you should be training the next person under you to be able to do your job. And that has always stuck with me. So when my light is shining brightly and I know I'm in the groove and everything's clicking is when that, that kind of communication and that symbiotic thing is happening with the other people on my team. That is the light. So that's okay. the energy. So let's just say I am burning the lemon sauce or something, mm-hmm. and the lemon sauce has to go on the chicken. I'm guessing fish, yeah. fish on the fish, and you got to hand out the tables like right then, mm-hmm. and and I just burned it, and that's all you got. So how do you? How would you before you shifted this lens? How would you have responded to me? And how would you respond to me now differently? Oh, well, before um, I would have said, that's burned, it's unusable, you messed up. There was like three And then would you walk away? No, then I would say, let me just figure out what I can do real quick to get this out the door. Okay. So now what I do is say, perhaps we need to make sure we're keeping our eye on that for next time. But this time, let, let's just do this, this, and this, and I have them do it with me. And then I say, don't beat yourself up. We all make mistakes. We learn something from this. And I say that all the time now. Don't beat yourself up. We learn something from this. Let's move on. Yeah. 
And doesn't, I mean, that even just like feels better, mm-hmm. just feels better. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, so I guess my point in asking that question is even in a stressful situation, because sometimes I used to tell myself, well, I was just stressed out. So I can be a bitch. Right. You know, like I can, uh, oh, I was snappy, too bad. They can deal with it, right? Like they should know how hard it is to have to feed 25 people in one 15-minute period or whatever. I mean, I'm just arbitrarily making up stuff. But the fact of the matter is, even in those situations, we can do different. Mm -hmm. And it's practice. Yep. Practice. It's practice, and it's thinking about it, and so it's pause. Yeah, that's the big Ooh, one. Let's for talk me. about that. Yeah, pause has been the the magic uh, elixir for me to to uh, be able, and I keep using communicate because that's just the best word for it. For me to be able to uh, have a flow in an evening service, um, pausing before when there's something imminent disaster, or, or it's just not right, or we messed up a ticket. I mean, you know, there's a million variables to it. But before I say anything, I make myself pause now, even if it's just for two. That two-second beat sometimes is all it takes. Girl, this is growth. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm telling you. Because Huge. that I've worked in a restaurant for many years, and whoo, mm-hmm. it is not easy when you're, I mean, you're literally under the fire. Yeah, I was going to say, literally, things can be on fire. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. Are we using that word correctly? Because someone told me everybody uses that word wrong. And Ken said, oh, they're using that word wrong. And I say that word a lot. So I'm like, oh, this time did I use it right or did I use it wrong? No, you used it right. I think so. Yeah, we both did. Good. Yes. Take that, Ken. Take that. Pow. 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 (laughs) Kapow. We're going to thrive. I keep thinking of the old um, um, Batman Batman. and Robin cartoons. Kapow. (laughs) (laughs) When they would write the... Yeah. Wow. Boom. Yep. Siskumba. <laughs> I'm just making up stuff. I've been doing that a lot. Okay. So, but yes. what I want to talk about about shining are lights. Uh-huh. And so this is me, like I'm in my mode of what I want to share with you listeners and Lynn and myself. So, okay. One of the things I've learned in recovery is that God talks to you through you. Okay, so, you know, one of my friends, uh, Calvin, he always says when you when he speaks, he's like, I think God wanted to tell me something because I don't know what what, I didn't know that was coming out of my mouth. Right. And so this is something I feel really, really strongly about because it's personal, because I've struggled with it, because it's it's a. I've had my light blown out um, by others. I've blown my own light out. I've not even lit my light. Right? Like, I don't even step into the ring. I remember when I used to do improv. And that's a really interesting thing because you have five or six or whatever people, and two people usually are in a scene. And you're supposed to interrupt them when you get an idea, and you either just drop your little golden nugget or you totally change the scene and have somebody else, you know, tag someone out, whatever. And I would be on the sidelines and I would have so many ideas popping in my head and I would literally physically, like I would go to go in and then I would pull myself back and I would go to go in and I would pull myself back. And I remember I had a teacher and her name was Susan Messing and she is an incredible, incredible, hilarious improviser. But she says, don't be a dick. 
If you're on the sidelines, go out there and participate. When you're holding back, you are being a taker. You're being a taker from this. You're not adding. And the whole idea of improv is adding. And I think that's with all of us. And if we can think about that as life, like when we don't show up or, and I'm not saying not show up for a party, when we have a feeling about something, when something is like uh, comes up in us, because this is where it happens to me the most. I get something in my head that's a great idea. Ooh, I that makes me think of this, or that makes me do this, which is why I love you so much, because when I have a song popping in my head, it's like, ooh, yeah, and like all the ideas flow, because mm-hmm. we're in that mode of shining, of silliness, of being bright, of being in the light, not the dark, mm-hmm. you know, not not pushing ourselves down. So it's like when you get that idea of, oh, call Renee, or oh, go for a walk, or oh, all these things that pop into your head randomly, it's like listening to that and doing something about it instead of holding back because we're going to be too much, or instead of... Um, thinking that you want to look good or whatever the reason is that holds you back from your like shiny, fun. And it doesn't necessarily have to be fun. Mm -hmm. Your light shining could be you uh, doing data, like analyzing data. Mm -hmm. That could be you shining your light. That is fun for some people. You know, so it doesn't have to be silly and whatever, like ours is, but it is really just about when you have that feeling of doing something or being something or or that you are good at something you don't have to hide it you don't have to pretend like you're not you don't have to you don't have to minimize who you are for other people because really when you participate it usually lifts other people up to participate too. Like when you go out there and take a risk, it gives everybody else permission. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It gives them permission to try as well. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, just feeling safe and non-judged is so huge. Yeah, and what if we're judged? Mm-hmm. What can that do to you? Well, it sends me back to... Right, but if you really think about it... Oh, it doesn't do anything. Right, like... Sticks and stones mm-hmm. can break my bones, but names will never hurt me, yep. right? And I think that silly little rhyme, if someone judges me, that's on them. Yep. And I don't have to take that into my head and carry it with me and make me not want to be my own person because of somebody else's judgment, which is probably about them and something that they experienced oh, yeah. and all this stuff. So... I don't know. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but mm-hmm. uh, wait. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but names can never hurt me. Words, words, words can never hurt me. Yeah. So I was thinking as you were talking about this and uh, how if we can be our most authentic self, you know what what kind of freedom that gives us, and it's not only helping us, but it can help other people. You know, it's the leading by example and doing all the things. It made me think of two things. This one quote that I read on Instagram like a bazillion years ago. I say that a lot, a million years ago. So I really want to like emphasize. I bazillion better. I want to emphasize. Keep saying bazillion. Okay, how long ago it was that I yeah. read it. But bazillion is perfect. <laughs> and it's still relevant to me. And yeah. it, it was because I really can um, commiserate with this. Not everyone is going to like you. Hint, those aren't your people. Yeah. And I've coming from a long history of people pleasing, it destroyed me if somebody didn't like me. I would oh, yeah. pander to overcompensate all the things because I'm like, 
what could I, what is wrong with me that these people don't like me? It doesn't have anything to do with me. Just, I'm not, we all have our certain people and that's okay. So it's, it's right there, you know, dovetailing with the judgment. If somebody's judging me, it's because it's probably triggering something in them. Yeah. And I don't have any, any dog in that fight Mm-mm. at all. It's right. like, you know, that's their it's journey. It's neutral. Yeah. Yeah. It's their journey, not mine. Mm-hmm. So when we're just learning these tools, um, it can be scary uh, because we have to be vulnerable. Um, to get there, you really do have to be vulnerable. You have to say, this is me. This is my soft underbelly, and I'm going to trust the universe and these people to accept me. And that is terrifying, Vicki. Yeah, and it's also so much easier than we think it's going to be. Yes. It's really weird. Like the idea of the rejection or whatever it is that we're afraid of is so much worse than when you actually, let's say you just don't land your thing. Nobody laughs. Oh, well, or whatever it is that they don't like that dish or they do want to sit in the corner. And so this is another thing though, because we are so intuitive and we can sense people's Mm -hmm. moods then we take it on, right? So we, and we know it. We know what they're thinking. Now, sometimes we're wrong, but sometimes we're right. Yeah. So I think the power is in not not owning other people's stuff mm-hmm. and owning our stuff and and being okay in that space of okay, I noticed this. They're uncomfortable. I'm not going to I'm not going to poke the bear, but I'm also not going to let go of mm-hmm. what I'm holding on to because one person is uncomfortable. Right. And um, the balance for me when I think about this is um, if you're in a restaurant and you and your friend are having a really good time and you're laughing really loudly and it's disruptive, of course tone it down. Yes. You know, it's like the screaming fire in a crowded theater. There's certain things that you have to think about other people, safety, yes. peace of mind. Yes. That's just yes. being rude. So there, you know, there yes. are, <laughs> yes. you can't just Don't like, be a jackass. I was say, you can't just fly your freak flag all the time just because you want to. Well, and Yeah, don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick. <laughs> and this conversation isn't for those people. Yeah. Right? This conversation is for the people that are... Uh, buttoned up and and that that turn their simmer turn themselves on simmer when they should be on high you know yeah. i mean this conversation is for people that are i mean everybody whatever all i know is that i i'm not one of those people that's ever going to be laughing too loud in a restaurant mm-hmm. it's just never never like I am way too aware of being rude, <laughs> right, right? Right. So like, yes, when you do things, I, like I talk about it when you're a toddler, when you do things, when you're first setting boundaries, especially, um, not on this topic, but just setting boundaries. When you first do it, it's like, no, I cannot go to to this with you because I have to be firm because I don't know how to do it any other way. But you get better at it and you get better at the balance. Mm-hmm. But if you are someone that minimizes your light, that minimizes, that doesn't speak up when you want to speak up, that has ideas and and hides them or doesn't speak your truth, you get to rock out and laugh hard at the restaurant. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Rock it out. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah. So what's your golden nugget? Well, um, at the very beginning when you said um, God talks to you through you, and I love that reminder because it 
so true. And it's happened so many times. I'm like, I don't even know where that came from, but it just needed, it needed to get out and it, the message needed to be sent. And um, your definitions about light, I absolutely loved all the different ideas that bring that to mind. It's everything from illuminating a room, because we have our light that illuminates rooms when we walk in, to um, shining a light on something. Yeah. 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 And, and it was really cool. Yeah. So I, I liked all the restaurant examples. They uh-huh. really work with my brain. Yeah. Because I've been in that visceral thing. So for me, taking that into this conversation was really powerful, especially when you gave an example. So those are my golden nuggets. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for uh, showing up with some great topic um, starting points for us. Yeah. And we didn't talk about our 100 episodes. Oh, my gosh. OMG. We just released 100. Yeah. uh, This past Wednesday. Congratulations. I I still can't believe it. And when I saw it, I knew it was coming up because I've been kind of watching the counter and I knew it was coming up. And then Vicki, because she's the gym that does our social media, she popped that up. I'm like, oh, my God, it is 100. It's it's 100. It is 100. I I mean, I just kept going. 100. It it has been 100. I know. And you know how many downloads we have total? 13.1K. Wow. So thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you for listening. If you are in a situation where you don't know if recovery would make sense for you or not, uh, send us a message, mm-hmm. telling on ourselves three at Gmail. We're also on Instagram, direct message us. We are... Completely, Facebook. yeah, Facebook. We're we are here for you, and I will also be uh, taking calls. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'll be taking calls if you wanted to do a coaching call uh, around this kind of stuff. So, um, exciting, exciting stuff to come with telling on ourselves. So exciting, and I, I want to add, it's kind of very cool how Vicky's business has um, evolved. Um, it's been really powerful and fun and amazing to watch her on her journey with her personal business and to see we did not plan for any of these things to be like co-joined or whatever, but that's just the natural organic way things are happening. Well, it's what lights me up talking yeah. about this stuff, how yes. to be in recovery, how to stay in the lane and, you know, whatever comes, comes. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens, but we're just here showing up. Showing up trying to be our most authentic self. Yep. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Like, share, and follow, please. 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 Tribe out. Tribe out.